Welcome in. It's a, another season of the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Jesselitis, along with my good friend, Jeff Julek. We are going to spend a whole hour on Fridays here talking Boilermaker basketball. It just feels so good to be back in this position, Jeff. Uh, last year, you know, a little rough with all the COVID and stuff, uh, the first round exit at the NCAA tournament, but it's a new season, new team, and the good vibes are flowing after a uh, nice win over Bellarmine. Uh, still have no idea where it's at, but uh, they did lose 96 hey, to 67. that's located in Bromville, otherwise known as uh, Louisville. For real? Is that yes. where it's really at? I'm yes. trying to figure out where that is. And then who did Iowa play on uh, Tuesday? Well, like Wood, Lock, Wood, Wood something? Or Lockwood, right? Lockwood, yeah. yeah. What is, that's probably not even near a forest. It's probably like in the middle of an Arizona <laughs> desert or something like that. But... Look, uh, it is that time of the year. You're getting these uh, tune-up games as they get set for that uh, big one out there at uh, Connecticut, right? Taking on UNC and either Tennessee or Villanova. So you're going to get through some of these games here. But our first chance to really get a good look at the Boilermakers uh, in a meaningful game. Not an exhibition, Jeff. A meaningful game. And uh, Purdue comes forward, you know, comes through. They were, what, a, like a 24-point, 25-point favorite at the close. They cover that, no problem. Uh, but... Uh, Look, a lot to like out of this game and performances out of certain players. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, just excited for another basketball season because, you know, th- this is such a loaded team. And, you know, you saw around college basketball last night where, uh, you know, I mean, not last night, but last Tuesday when uh, everybody was struggling. And, you know, the Boilermakers is loaded with veterans and they went out there and played uh, Tuesday night like uh, they were supposed to and uh, dominated a uh, inferior opponent. And, and that's what you like to see. And, you know, now with the decision to redshirt Kaufman Wren, I think Matt Painter's decision and his rotation is pretty cut cut and dry because they're basically too deep at every position. I had Mike Carmen on my show on Wednesday, and we talked specifically about that decision because he has to make that decision, right? He has to make the decision to take the redshirt. That's not, you know, Matt Painter may be able to, coaching staff may be able to encourage him to do that, talk about the pros and cons of that, but ultimately that's the guy that has to make the decision here, and he chose to do that. Um, when I was talking with Mike about it, I said, listen, that's an incredibly mature thing to do at age, what, 18. When you're the Gatorade High School Player of the Year, you're the runner-up for Mr. Basketball, you have never been asked to sit on the bench. It, 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 I guarantee no point in his career has anybody asked him to do that for the betterment of not just himself but for the team. That's a tough pill to swallow as a competitor. But he made that decision, and I, I think a lot of people would say that ultimately is the right decision to do, but still – that's not easy for somebody at that age to do. That's a very mature decision, man. I was really, really proud of that young man. I, like Jeff said, hopefully, you know, five years down the road here, that was the right decision. I, I think it will be. Yeah, you know, and you're absolutely right. And Coach Painter said they never talks about redshirting into anybody until after they've played. So he got to play in the scrimmage against Providence. He got to play in the exhibition against Indy. And, you know, then they discuss it with him. And, you know, this young man had a setback last June when he got hurt. And uh-huh. that's that hurt his development. And, you know, listening to his high school coach when he when they won the state championship last year, he said this young man is a mature, hardworking individual. And I think you saw that with that decision to redshirt because basically he's saying, look, I know I can be a really good player. I know he has goals of being in the NBA. And by me setting out another year and redshirting and learning from these guys, I'm going to be better, and it's just going to help me be a better player and uh, make Purdue a better basketball down, team down the road. 
You know, we've been talking a little bit about this team forging an identity and that some guys were going to have to maybe swallow some pride here or set aside some egos. Not that this is an egotistical bunch by any means, but when you get a lot of competitors like you have on this team, it can be hard to accept certain roles you know, based on what you've done in the past uh, to put the team above everything else. And I think that you know the, the big thing that this does is this frees up room for Mason Gills to come back in as a, uh, a very strong defensive force, too. Something that I don't know that this team has a lot of that I'm sure uh, Trey Kaufman run probably would have been lacking in comparison. Um, and so now that kind of that removes a little bit of, I don't want to say drama or anything like that, but potential you know, issues to playing time um, and, and things that could be detrimental to the team. Uh, and him making that decision, it makes things a little bit easier here. And like I said, I'm really impressed with him to be able to make that because I don't know that I could have done that. You know what I mean? I would have been like, I want to get out here. I want to show you every day that I deserve to be out here. And that might not be the best decision. I think he has. I mean, look what it's done for Gills. Look what it did for Newman, too. You know, they they took those red shirts, um, what, a year ago? And clearly yeah. that's paid off for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you bring up uh, Gillis and Newman, you know, look how well they played last year and then, you know, from all indications, Gillis has been fantastic in practice. We haven't had a chance to see him yet. And then Newman last night, you know, came in, hit some three-pointers, blocked a shot. I mean, you know, he, you know, this is a guy who who beat Minnesota last year. So that, that extra year maturity, and you see Sasha who did that as a freshman, and the list goes on and on. And, you know, Matt Painter does what's best for the Purdue basketball team. And, you know, this year's group of – Individuals, I mean, last night was such a joy to watch because there you had a preseason All-American in Travion Williams who was tickled to death just to pass the basketball. And he was toying with the opponent last night, hitting passes and open threes in the corner. And then, oh, by the way, you know, he at the, at the end of the game, he saw that Zach Eady was checking back in and he probably wouldn't get any other playing time. And he went out and scored a basket because he could have done that all night but he was content by passing the basketball and had a huge smile on his face and got a high five from Coach Painter when he came out of the game. It's interesting because neither of those guys that you just mentioned, Edie or Williams, really, we, we were halfway through the first half. Ain't he taking a shot yet? And this was supposed to be like, you know, the, the two big forces. Nobody was going to be able to stop these guys on the interior. And uh, Bellarmine, who was 311th in defending the rim last year, 311. You figure these guys are going to feast on this team. And no, they're kicking it out and and trying to, you know, hit shots from the outside, which they did last night because these guys are wide, you know, absolutely wide open. A guy who really took advantage of that was Isaiah Thompson, right? Because if you're going to commit to stopping the interior there, you're going to slow down guys like Edie. Then your next guy you got to worry about is what, Sasha out there in three? You don't want to leave him open. Isaiah Thompson, a very good shooter, and uh, he showed everybody last night why he got that starting role, even though some of you knuckleheads on the message <laughs> boards were questioning the decision. We will not tolerate the Isaiah Thompson slander on this show, my friend. I hope he kept the receipts. Lottie Enzo, an apology to my man. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it, it happened last year in the second half of the season when Isaiah started to get better and better at what he was doing, and he had a really nice game against North Texas in that NCAA tournament loss. And, you know, he's won this starting job in the offseason. And, you know, there are going to be a lot of open shots for the, the perimeter players for the Boilermakers because, yeah, last night they didn't take a shot inside, but that's because they had three defenders on them and they were picking up fouls and they were hacking. 
and you kick it out and you've got wide open threes. And, you know, that's going to be the, the case because they're, the defenses are going to spend so much time on Edie and Williams. On Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about uh, uh, Mr. Ivy yet, you know, who takes up so much attention when Jaden brings that basketball down. He did that several times last night. So, yeah, you know, stepped up and is doing well. And, you know, I don't think anybody would have predicted this starting lineup that we're seeing now. But uh, so far, it looks like a very potent offense, and they just need to get better on defense. They got a lot of shooters out there. Jaden Ivey got some highlights, too, on his dunk. He had 11-5. and five. Uh, But the uh, young guy that everybody's been talking about, Caleb First. Uh, we discussed him last week, and people are buzzing about this kid. He grabbed nine boards, just two points, but uh, nine boards was a pretty big night. You know, just one of three. Only, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of guys down low in the post were not getting a whole lot of opportunities to shoot the ball. Uh, on Tuesday night, but uh, he went one for three. But going out there and scrapping for nine boards is uh, really, really big out of a freshman. And, you know, I can't wait for the Boiler fans to really get to see him because the games haven't been on TV yet. But, you know, the two games I've seen him play, he looks like a junior or senior. He is a leader out there. He's not looking to score points. But, oh, yeah, he can go score points if he'd like to. Uh, But he's rebounding. He's passing the ball. You know, just a mature individual. And I think – how well he's played so far as a Boilermaker was a huge decision in what to do with Kaufman Wren because of the fact that, you know, you're going to have two outstanding people at that four spot when you have Mason Gillis and you have uh, first there. So, yeah, love to see this kid. Uh, you know, what a coup to be able to get this guy. And he's going to be a Boilermaker that I think a lot of fans are going to fall in love with. Yeah, it's, uh, it's we've, we've said this before. It's a good problem to have. But it is still a problem to have here is trying to figure out how uh, all these pieces are going together. Has Matt Painter kind of got an idea of how it should and how it could look? We still got to discuss that. Still have Alan Karpik joining us here coming up next with GoldenBlack.com. And then a little bit later on, Jeff and I will take a look at the Big Ten as a whole and uh, see how uh, the start is looking right now around the Big. That's all coming up here this hour on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Jesselitis, of course, Jeff Julek. But right now, let's go over to our Hammerhead hotline and let's bring in Alan Karpik. He's the publisher of GoldenBlack.com, which is a, a great place to read up on your Boilermakers as well as discuss them on the message boards. Uh, Al, we are finally back, buddy. It is finally basketball season. Purdue starts out with the win. Already sold out Maggie Arenas. I, look, it just... I, First and foremost, I just love having the fans finally back in. It's uh, it's been far too long, hasn't it? Well, it has, and it's and uh, you know, just that environment is is, is electric. It, it helps when you're ranked in the top ten, like the Boilermakers are. But it's it, it is a great environment, and I think we're all grateful when you miss something like that, and especially in this community, to have that opportunity to come back and do that uh, on a on a uh, on a regular basis is really a big thing. And this is an adjustment for some of these players, though. You got to think the freshmen and the sophomores are not used to, you know, playing in this kind of environment. Of course, I'm sure they've, they've taken visits and they've seen what Mackey's like uh, at full force, but never had to go out there and play with that. I think there's a, a small adjustment period to getting used to a crowd like that, isn't there? Well, I, I think it's something new. I think that they all kind of thrive. There's one thing that's interesting about these guys is just the just their general. Uh, they've been around the block, so to speak. Everybody that's plays at uh, this level has traveled around the country at AAU. Maybe they're not used to playing that front in front of crowds. So there's a little bit of an adjustment, but I really think that these guys are 
they're 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 all built to to play on the big stage. It's something they like to do. It's a big part of what they're all about. And uh, when the lights come on, I think it just uh, gives them an opportunity to play better. And that's what's kind of a fun part of all this. You know, I had uh, Brian Newbert early on this week uh, on my regular show, and uh, he has a tremendous article. We talked about this before we put it out, but uh, Trey Kaufman, Ren, taking that red shirt and just how mature you have to be as a freshman. Because, of course, you know, Matt Painter says, if you know, he puts it to them. If they want the red shirt, he'll give it to them, but he's not going to force it on them. But for a player of his caliber, Alan, to be the Gatorade player in the, of the year in the state, Mr. Basketball runner-up, not very many times has he ever been asked to, hey, just take a seat on the bench here, don't, don't worry about competing. I think it's hard when you were a competitor for so many of your formidable years, and then you come here and, and you've got to make that choice. Uh, the maturity that it has to take to make that decision and be okay with that decision is absolutely tremendous. And I know Brian wrote a great article on Trey Kopp and Ren taking that red shirt, but w- what were your thoughts uh, when you heard that he was going to go ahead and take the red shirt this year? Well, I don't think there's anybody that knows from an outs- uh, from an insider-outsider perspective more than Brian Newbert on Purdue basketball. Just in how much and, and the thing that makes Brian unique is the fact that he's known these guys for years. He's watched uh, Trey Kopp and Ren play AAU. Uh, now, COVID hurt a little bit of that last year, but the point is he has a relationship with these guys, and uh, I, I think that that's a, it's a huge thing. It is an amazingly a mature thing. I think it's, a, it's amazing to me, or impressive, I should say, that his family, uh, the Coffin-Wren family, makes that type of decision because Trey is a guy that I'm not saying he's going to be an NBA guy because everybody's got to develop. But he certainly comes in with that, you know, he has the body size. He's got a lot of things that would lead you to believe that he could play pro- professional basketball someday, and and whether it's in the NBA or overseas. So to be able to do that and just have that attitude of, hey, I want to get better, and that is seems to be the mantra there. And it really plays – it really throws Matt Painter a solid, so to speak, in terms of giving Purdue a little bit more. I think one of Matt's biggest – challenges this year and we've talked about it is getting a roster down to nine or ten guys well you just had a guy take his kind of take one for the team here and you don't have to worry about his playing time this year at least barring anything any injuries and that's a huge thing because when mason gillis comes back he's going to play uh and you're going to have a, a well-separated class you're going to now have by the time kaufman wren starts playing mason gillis will be a junior Kaufman Wren will be a freshman uh, and in eligibility, and that's a that's a big thing. And I think that that all those factors are really really important, and it's really an indication, Jared, of of the culture that they have over Purdue basketball, and Matt Painter and his staff have done, and also the kind of kids he recruits for a guy of that caliber to uh, to really take one for the team, and I think it's a huge thing. Talking with Alec Karpik from goldenblack.com on the Hammerhead Hotline. That's been kind of the theme here this uh, last couple of weeks I've been talking about is, you know, there's there's got to be, you, you got to set all your egos aside this year. Not saying that these guys are egotistical in any way, shape, or form, but uh, when you are kind of an alpha kind of personality, you are a competitor, uh, sometimes it's hard to accept a reduced role in, in you know, in order for it to be better for the team. But, you know, Matt Painter has said as such that's going to have to happen uh, after, you know, like I said, a, a week or so here. It really seems like those guys are starting to fall into place with uh, those new roles. But 
the one thing that I think we're still lacking right now, Alan, and maybe it's a little bit too early to ask about it, but I don't know that this team necessarily has its identity yet. Um, do you think that they have an identity, and uh, how patient should we be with them kind of crafting that? Well, I think that if you look at Matt Painter's teams over the years, it takes time. I think you know identity really equals defense and the ability to defend at a level that uh, you want to be able to defend. And I think, to your earlier point, all the, all these kids, all these players are guys that have egos, and because because they're really good players, you want people with with strong personalities that want to be great. And I think that that. Uh, is a, is a given with this group. So managing that, even though I would argue, at least, and I don't know them all personally, but everything I hear, everything I see is the body language. This is a team that likes each other and wants to play, but that play together. But how well they'll develop into a very good defensive team, that to me will be the storyline, uh, and how well that lineup works its way to its normal normal process will be two of the storylines that we'll, we'll be watching. Uh, to me, though, again, I think that identity comes through. Can Purdue stop the stop the dribble? Can they do the job defensively against elite competition? We'll start to figure that out next weekend when Purdue plays North Carolina, and possibly uh, was it what is it uh, Villanova or Tennessee? See, yep. We'll be get to get to figure that out. But uh, it, it is going to be a process. Matt Painter's teams historically. Uh, follow a process. The difference is this year is they're starting ranked in the top 10. That's a different difference than what it's been here in the last couple of years. And uh, something that, uh, you know, how will this team continue to blend together? Even though they're great guys, it still is a process to get that done. Talk with Alan Karpik from uh, goldblack.com on our Hammerhead hotline. Let's go back to Tuesday night's win against Bellarmine. Uh, there's a, a lot to like in that bat- box score, but the the thing that stood out to me early on in that one was just the lack of good quality shot attempts out of Travian Williams and, and Zach Eady. You know, obviously Zach was uh, getting fouled at times though, but to see them go, you know, pretty much a, a good chunk of the first half without really getting a field goal in was a, a little bit bizarre in itself for a team that you would think was going to run the offense through those two guys. Well, they did do a lot. Of that. I think Williams, you know, did did uh, really chose to become a, which he is, as we all know, is an extremely good passer, uh, and he really chose to take that tact. I think what the thing is that you're going to learn with Zach Eady, and we've watched him as he's gotten, he's he's a he's a different player than he was last year, yeah, from a physical standpoint. But when you're shooting the ball like Purdue's shooting it, uh, especially early on. Uh, you know that's that's going to be that's going to be a little bit of a double-edged I don't know a double-edged sword, but a challenge because that temptation you know part of the attention those guys are getting in the middle uh, is hopefully going to free up the Brandon Newmans and the Sasha Stefanoviches and the and uh, the Isaiah Thompson who obviously shot the ball extremely well on Tuesday night. So it's 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 an interesting study because. Those guys can contribute. Those guys being Zach Eady and Travion Williams can contribute in far uh, more ways than just scoring the basketball inside. It's just going to be depending on how the defenses are going to play Purdue. And, and to be honest, if I'm an opposing coach and trying to deal with a, a Zach Eady, how do you do that? There aren't, there aren't many people, there aren't many schools that, uh, that can do that uh, with a guy at that size and that ability. And, and Travion Williams is also a very difficult cover because he can do so many things uh, with the basketball. So those are all problems that Purdue wants to create matchup issues that Purdue wants to create for its, uh, against the, uh, the opposition. 
And I think it's going to continue to take some time uh, in terms of how that's going to develop. You know, you may see guys that didn't that, that were going to average less than they did last year. Travion Williams might be one of them. Uh, you know, just because Edie is really, really good, going to be hard to keep him off the court. Matt Painter wants him on the court, uh, and uh, and I don't think he's going to play them both together together all that much. So again, the interesting storylines of one of many that we'll be watching throughout the course of this 2021-22 season. Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com. Again, great site if you love your Purdue uh, sports. Uh, Brian Newbert does a great job of covering this basketball squad. And, of course, with the holidays coming up, uh, the subscription will make a great uh, gift, and you don't have to worry about supplies being out or anything like that. It's real easy still to, uh, to uh, give this uh, subscription as a gift, right, uh, Alan? You can do that, and you go to our site. Uh, we have free trials available. As long as you have electricity, you can, you can subscribe <laughs> to us, or at least your batteries charged. And an so, Internet connection, of course. Too. And the Internet connection is usually quite helpful as well. But, yeah, we, we, we appreciate all our subscribers, those that, uh, that even if you don't subscribe, a lot of, lot of free content on there as well. Alec Harpig, everybody here. Uh, Al, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, man. All right, sounds good. Have a great rest of the show. Welcome back. The Boiler Basketball Show is on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Of course, your 1017 The Hammer mobile app. Uh, download that free in your app store. If you got an Alexa device, Jeff, you got an Alexa device? You know, I've got the Google device. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you got the Alexa <laughs> device, tell Alexa to play 1017 The Hammer. It, it probably works on Google. I don't know. They work on all this stuff all the time. All right, so uh, we're spending the entire hour talking Boilermaker hoops with you and uh, Purdue getting ready for another matchup tonight against Indiana State. Uh, that is a team that uh, went out and they beat Green Bay earlier this week. Um, so they're sitting at 1-0. and Look, I always love the in-state games. They're always great. They always make me a little bit nervous because there's that little extra bit of pride because, well, you know, these are guys that – a lot of times you're like, hey, I feel like I could have gotten recruited in a place like this, right? Where was my phone call, buddy? I'm yeah, about to show you what's up. Yeah, the Buckeyes about that. Uh, they almost lost to uh, Akron the other night. So, yeah, those in-state opponents like to uh Well, even like even when they don't, uh, Dakota Mathias, you bring up Ohio State. Remember old Dakota Mathias? Oh, yeah, you're going to pass up me here in your own backyard? Let uh-huh. me show you what I'm going to do. And they were very excited for him to graduate. So these things always make me a, a little bit nervous, but Purdue you know, a a favorite again in this one. Uh, we had Sasha, Edie, uh, Thompson, Ivy, and first all the starters again. That was the same from the uh, from the exhibition game uh, from the uh, week before. So I guess the question here is, is that the starting five for Matt Painter? Does he feel like that is his best starting five? Well, you know, Matt Painter, he doesn't like to change his lineup unless they lose a ball game. So, uh so if he follows that philosophy, he would uh, maybe not change that lineup until maybe, what, late uh, January or February because this basketball team is just so talented. And it's such a unique team. And, and watching them, I was thinking about this last uh, last Tuesday when they played. Um, you know, there are so many combinations that he can go with. I mean, we've seen Caleb First play center. We've seen Ethan Morton play the four. Um, you know, we've seen both Hunter and Thompson out there on the court at the same time. So, you know, this is a team that I think, you know, you're going to get production out of the center position and you're going to get production out of Jaden Ivey. And who knows what you're going to get from one of those other positions, but you are going to get production from two or three more players. And they're such a deadly team to stop because you don't know if Isaiah is going to go for 20 or if Sasha was on fire Tuesday night. So, you know, this team can beat you in so many ways 
and the, the opponents have to put so much emphasis on trying to stop the inside game and stopping Jaden Ivey that there's a ton of opportunities for the rest of the players on this team. And if one of those guys is off like Sasha, right, there's there's another person. I, they're, they're too deep in basically every position this year. That's the way that goes. Uh, does it make it a little bit tougher to try to figure out who plays off of who better? Yeah, it does. But also, if you've got an issue, somebody is having an off night, there is another person there to back that up. When you take a look at the Bellerman box score, uh, the thing that I found troubling in this one was just the fact that not only did Travion Williams and Zach Eady not have a basket through most of the first half, it, feel, it felt like, right? Trey didn't even have one to the second. Um, there weren't, they didn't take any opportunities. Uh, you're going to have to be better on the inside, obviously, uh, once we get into Big Ten play. But that was that was the shock. The, the most shocking thing coming out of that game was, is like, well, you know you got two monsters in the middle, and I, I guess I could understand if early on they, they were missing a few shots, had to dial it in, but they, they weren't even attempting the shots. That's yeah. a little odd. The, the game plan was take the open threes, and they had wide open threes, and, but Zach Eady was picking up rebounds, and he was picking up fouls. fouls that's, that's I mean, he too. created a ton of fouls. Uh, you know, they just couldn't stop him, and you know, there's some times when it looks like he's playing Nerf basketball out there. I mean, he just grabs the ball and dunks it. You know, like he, like we used to do in our in our in our bedrooms with that Nerf hoop on our uh, door. And I mean, that's that's exactly that pounded on the door. What I tell you guys about jumping up and down up there. <laughs> exactly right. Yep, and, and you know what it is. He plays Nerf basketball, and it's so you know. Oh, he's not jumping. <laughs> he, he's not jumping. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> There's no jumping, and and mom does not have to knock on the door for when he comes to to uh, dunk the basketball. But it's just amazing how you know, and and they were content with that. And I was watching how Coach Painter was watching that, and they were taking good shots, they were getting good shots, and you know it's going to be so interesting because you got to go against some opponents here early in the season that their only hope is to maybe play some zone defense to do different things, take away what you want to try to take away. Purdue can beat you in so many ways, and that's why they're a top-10 team. But here's the big question, all right? We know how this is going to work offensively. Defensively, however, you can put those shooters out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to be great defensively. So uh, maybe Bellerman's not the best um, opponent to judge that for Purdue, but do you feel like if that's the five that's going to be out there, that that's the strongest defensively that you can put out there? Well, I, I think there is a lot to that, but I'll tell you who played a strong game the other night was Ethan Morton. I mean, his you know, he is not the best defensive player, but you know, he was out there getting rebounds, creating steals, uh creating opportunities for his teammates. And, you know, the goal for this team is to get better defensively because right now that's the probably the weakest link in this whole team is is how they play defense. You know, you've got your you've got a shot blocker inside with Edie, and you got Eric Hunter who can play solid defense. And we know Newman can lock people down. And Jaden Ivey, you know, he's going to be hanging around those passing lanes, and that's why he had two breakaway dunks the other night because he's so athletic and he can get that ball and take it down and flush it home. And you know, it's going to be a nightmare for a lot of teams to try to score on this team. And but just keep in mind, ninety what ninety six points the other night. They put up eighty some against Providence. They put up, what, 80-some against uh, against Indy. This team's going to score a lot of points. You're going to have to score a lot of points if you plan on beating Purdue in basketball this year.
Yeah, but don't forget, defense is supposed to live here. That's that. That's the whole mantra of the thing. It here. will. Give you think time. they'll eventually? You think they'll eventually round it into form? Uh, I'm not sure that it's going to be a great defensive team, but it's going to be a good enough defensive team that is going to win them a lot of basketball games. And and you know, the reason they're so good offensively is because they have so much experience. You know, they, that team is loaded. And you know, how many teams got wiped out by the transfer portal? A lot. Okay had no impact on Purdue whatsoever other than losing Wheeler, who obviously saw the right on the but wall. But doing great over at St. John's. He is, he is. Good kid. Like the kid a lot. Love him. But, you know, you know, he saw that Kaufman and, and First were coming in and Gillis, and, and you know, we we don't have enough room on the team to get to get Kaufman playing time, let alone Wheeler. So, you know, this team has just got so many pieces that Matt's going to spend a lot of time getting better on defense because he knows when he plays Michigan, when he plays those kind of teams, he's going to be have to be much better defensively if they want to get. And keep in mind, from day one, this team is playing for seeding, okay? You know, we want a number one seed or a number two seed. These games early go a long way to determine you know, you don't want any bad losses, and you've got opportunities for some big, big victories because of this very difficult schedule that the Boilermakers are playing this year. Yeah, it's uh, crazy to think that you're already thinking about seeding right here, but uh, that's exactly what we're doing with these uh, early games. And I said, Matt Painter's got the parts. He's just trying to put them all together and, and see which uh, gets the best gas mileage, so to speak, out of it here. And I believe it will continue to be a work in progress. But as always, we'll get into December, and guess what? He, Tightens those screws a little bit, puts it in there, knows what he's got to do. If he's got to replace something, he'll do it after a loss, as Jeff pointed out earlier. But uh, Matt's been pretty darn consistent in the way that he whittles down this rotation. I, I mean, this is uh, it's not a surprise we're at this point right now in November because we're almost always at this point in November. It's just like he had said earlier in the year, things tend to work themselves out a little bit more organically than they will this year. Uh, and he's... For all intents and purposes, going to earn every dollar this year of that contract because I don't envy him. I don't know how he how he determines who, what, and where, but he's going to have to figure out a way to do it. Well, you know, he's he's like a kid who opens up that super erector set on Christmas morning. He's got so erector many, He's got so many different combinations of things he can build, and he's never had this opportunity. And, and you know, he can play small. And we've seen that where he puts first at center and. And has Morton at the four. I mean, they, they can play small. They can play as big as you want. We haven't seen this. But, you know, a couple times last year, they put Edie and Williams in at the same time. So there are so many combinations. And there is not a player amongst those 10 players that are getting time that you would say, wow, it concerns me when he goes in. Because they all can contribute. They all can play. And it's going to be a joy for a Purdue fan this year just to watch the mad scientist, Matt Painter, uh, concoct hopefully a, a, a national championship team. There's a reason he starred that movie Blue Chips, and uh, this is exactly <laughs> why. All right, we got a break. We're going to come back. We'll take a look at the Big Ten as a whole when we return. This is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 TheHammer.com. We're back on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis with uh, Jeff Julik across the console from me. Been talking uh, Boilermaker hoops all week long as. Uh, or all hour long, I'm sorry. We've been talking about it all week See, long, you and me. Yeah, we could talk weeks about this. Yeah, well, team. they're taking on Indiana State tonight. Uh, that game in Mackey Arena at 830. It's also on BTN tonight. So uh, this is the time where Jeff and I usually like to take a look at the Big Ten as a whole and kind of roll through the schedule what you'll see this weekend. Plenty of Big Ten action tonight as Minnesota hosts Western Kentucky. Uh, that game, the Harris Cherokee Center in Asheville, 
North Carolina. Uh, look, Minnesota, I don't think anybody has got very high expectations for that program this year, and I just don't see anybody on that squad really being capable of exceeding those lower expectations. Yeah, you see several predictions that have them uh, you know, 13th, 14th in the conference, and uh, it certainly looks that way. Michigan State, look, Tom Izzo does not do well in November in Madison Square Garden against ranked opponents. He, he, they always get into these things. But here's the deal. You want to play Michigan State in December. You don't want to play Michigan State in February. That's the way it always goes with that squad. And that's what Kansas got to do the other night. Uh, hung in there for most of it. But this is kind of the MO for Michigan State, right? They go out into some big tournament early on. And then they end up hitting a roadblock. And everybody goes, okay, well, maybe this isn't the team, right? And then they usually get a tough draw in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And they lose that. People go, ah, they've fallen off. And then all of a sudden in February, somehow they're like a game or two away from the top spot in the Big Ten. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the uh, Tom Izzo farewell tour this year? Uh, his last year coaching. So, you know, I mean, you know. They're, you're right. They're always very good at the end of the season, and uh, and uh, we'll see how they do with the, these games, but obviously an in-state battle with uh, Western Michigan. Tonight, your uh, boys from Ohio State take on Niagara, um, a, a giant body of water that's going to cascade. <laughs> I don't know, but the Buckeyes, uh, who are 1-0, will take on an 0-1 Niagara team. Let's hope they're not as feisty as Akron for their sakes. i tell you what, that was uh, you know a, a, a putback with, Point two seconds left on the clock to uh, win that game. Uh, otherwise, they would have been upset in their first game of the season. Speaking of almost upset in their first game of the season, the Indiana Hoosiers are back. We haven't talked about the Hoosiers yet. Northern Illinois, which is the Harvard of the directional Illinois schools. Um, yeah, that was a uh, that was a tough one for them on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, I was watching that the uh, the Farrakhan kid. This kid would throw up threes and his legs like all over the place, like river dancing when he gets in the air, like. I don't know what the heck he was doing, just trying to draw fouls or something, but he got him back in it, and uh, IU almost let that one slip through their hands, but they did did focus there down the stretch, and uh, they got the W. And it was the same old, same old for IU. I mean, they couldn't hit three-pointers. I think they were, what, four out of 24? Oh, yeah, Mike Woodson. We got and... to shoot the three-point better. I'm like, buddy, we know. We've yeah. been saying that for a couple of years here, but you guys don't do anything throws, to address it. So, I mean, you know, the crowd was groaning there because this is the, you know, they, they couldn't hit threes when uh, – when Tom Crean was the coach and they couldn't hit threes when Archie was there and it, and it appears so far that they can't hit threes with, uh, with coach Woodson as their uh, new coach. You've got uh, green Bay taking on Wisconsin. High will, oh, what's Aaron, will, uh, will Aaron Rodgers be back for that game or I'll stop it. High oh, point is at Northwestern Northwestern actually collected a win already here. That was another team where you're like, Oh boy, I don't know how great of a team they're going to be this year, but uh, I, I like their chances to be out of the basement better than I like Minnesota's. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right with that pick. And not to mention, uh, you know what? I didn't even get to see. Did uh, did they redshirt Barnizer? I didn't even get a chance to look and see if they did that. Uh, I don't know if that was the the, the st- uh, standout from uh, Lafayette oh, yeah. Jeff is Jeff, uh, out absolutely. there there, and uh, I think they gave him the redshirt, didn't they? Because he he wasn't in the box score. Uh, so I immediately, I, I'm going to go ahead and regress my Northwestern pick. I thought they had Barnheiser in, but guess not. <laughs> That's on them. If they hate offense, uh, who am I to tell them what to do? Kansas City uh, to Iowa. Iowa put up 103 in their first game. Um, probably could come close to that. Jordan Bohannon is still playing basketball, Jeff. Well, and I think three presidential administrations he's been for. Both played. him and Brad Davison, right? I oh, mean, my uh, goodness. Yeah. They both have been. Are we in some kind of 21 time. Jump Street situation where he needed an extra like year to make the case or something? You gotta be kidding me. Sam uh, Houston 
uh, is uh, coming up to Nebraska, who is 0-1. I took a victory lap on my show on Wednesday because I said I didn't trust Nebraska to cover, let alone win that game, and boom! I'm just going to take one more little, little strut around the thing because uh, nailed that one. And then you get Arkansas State taking on Illinois, who uh, looks very good as well this year. You, you got you look, you know, props to Ao DeSuma too, looking pretty good uh, playing for the Bulls as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a program that's on the rise right there, ranked and then 11th what, in the uh, country. Coach has to set out, what, three games for uh, illegally selling the team gear? Yeah. So, what is that, why, like Jimmy why? Dugan and uh, League of Their Own, where he sold off the team's equipment? I mean, you know, come on. So. Uh, you know, not to take too much of a detour, but they're going to give that kid, what, three games, four games, what they give him, four? Three games. Three games. Yeah. What did they give Mark Few? And Mark Few committed a committed a crime, and then the video looks even worse, and he got less than what this kid did for this, which is just, uh, you know, I, I don't know what do you do. That's that's what it looks like tonight. Tomorrow, you do have three games with uh, Vermont and Maryland. Watch out for the Catamounts, uh, Merrimack and Rutgers in Piscataway, and then you've got uh, Michigan and Prairie View A and M. Uh, that one being played in D.C. at the Entertainment and Sports Arena. It's good to know when you step in that arena, you're going to get entertainment and you're going to get sports. Oh, great combination. That's a great branding on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the weekend uh, kind of looks like here for the uh, Big Ten. So don't know what we can really learn. About, you're not going to learn too much in the first couple of weeks here, but we're going to get in these good tournaments here, Jeff, over the next couple of weeks. Big Ten ACC Challenge coming up here, too, this month. I mean, we're going to know yeah, sooner you know, than and, later. And next week, we're going to see a couple of good games. I mean, you got Illinois and Marquette. you got Providence through the border scrimmage play in Wisconsin. And then another in-state battle with Bowling Green and Ohio State. So, And that leads up to our Tuesday night game against uh, Wright State. So, I know. We're going together. You're nice enough to give me a ticket. Looking forward to it. Looking now, forward no to press it. row for me, buddy. I get, to, I get to be one of the degenerates shouting in the crowd like the rest of you. I love it. All right, that's going to do it for the Boiler Basketball Show. Big thanks to Alan Karpik as well. Nate Bear will be on with us next week, he promised. So uh, we'll get him back in the fold. For Jeff Julek, I'm Jared Chesilaitis. Thank you for listening to the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com.